You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The offseason is officially underway in Philadelphia, and we finally have some coaching changes to talk about. That's right, Scott Gordon and the Flyers have decided to part ways, which means the Phantoms are going to need a new head coach. What's that? You thought I was talking about Michelle Terrian or Mike Yo? Maybe next week, guys. Uh, plus, Nolan Patrick possibly won out of Philadelphia? All that and more on this episode of the Three Pigeons Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and Game 1 of the Lightning Panther series may have relit the flame that is my love for hockey. Uh, That was unbelievable. Game 2, not as good, but Game 1, oh my god, great hockey. Yeah, that that made me sad that the Flyers weren't in it, but at the same time it made me realize they're not even in the same hemisphere. (laughs) <laughs> as those teams yeah. so. as the yeah. florida panthers try saying that last year the flyers are not in the same hemisphere as the florida panthers who well, they, we mocked for dressing three defensemen at forward and, and we dunked on them too like towards the end of the season to pretty much end any bid they had at the playoffs too so yeah uh yeah tough uh tough luck um speaking of last year your boy is officially back as an nhl insider hashtag insider uh with doing some yeah, 12 hours, doing some freelance work with the, the network while uh, the playoffs are going on. So I didn't write anything for my intro, so that's what I'm going with. That's fine. I like that. Oh, Matt, I went right over you, too. Yeah, you skipped Good Lord. Lord. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, well, look, steamrolling the lads. Constantly getting just overlooked, Matt. Go ahead. Get get your two cents in here. No, nah, I think we'll just, we'll just save it. I'm Matt, so I'll go with that. But uh, <laughs> um, we'll save it for... For once we get into everything, because I could probably rant about it for a little bit. All right, you're going to save your little your little beginning take. Um, before we get into it, though, let's let's talk to uh, let's talk about our, our sponsor. Though it's playoff time, guys. Uh, big stakes, bigger opponents, you know, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have twenty uh, twenty thousand dollars. I was going to say twenty two thousand, twenty thousand dollars in total prizes up for grabs. The best part: it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free to play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at twenty thousand dollars in total prizes. DraftKings uh, DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app. Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions like which team will hit the most threes or which team will score first. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes that's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Um, yeah, I got I mean, we're all Sixers fans here, so I'm excited to watch some uh, some NBA basketball. But before we kind of just start to migrate sports here, let's let's get into the big Flyers news. Um, coaching change. And when I when I heard rumblings there was a coaching change, I looked at Twitter and I was very disappointed. To see that it was just Scott Gordon of uh, of the Phantoms. Um, 
Apparently, it was a mutual decision decision between him and the big club. Kerry Huffman is also out as an assistant. He's stepping down. Um, and I just I put a little quote here from Sammy Bull. He tweeted this. Uh, talked to Scott Gordon tonight as he was driving back to his home in Atlanta. He has no ill feelings toward Flyers and says he was treated great in his six years with the organization. He wants to stay in coaching and is looking forward to his next challenge. Best of luck. Um, apparently, I also saw another tweet from another one of the beats, I think, that said, you know, his contract was up at the end of next year. The Flyers weren't 100% ready to extend him, and, you know, he didn't want to enter the year with an uncertainty. Um, to me, it just seems like he calls himself more uncertainty, but maybe he's got something lined up. Um, but yeah, there's more rumblings that I know both you guys had, uh, just filled you with a chagrin that uh, apparently Ian LaPerriere could be tapped as the new head coach of the Phantoms. Um, I want to get your guys' reactions, your thoughts. Mike, I'm going to go to you first cause you make the funniest face. Go ahead. I mean, I can't wait for Matt's Matt, Matt has an entire thing he wrote specifically for this. Uh, so, uh, no, I, I think, um, I mean, Jesus, like, at least he's not with the big club now. Right. I mean, that's, if I'm trying to remain positive, that's one thing I'll take from it. Lesser um, of two evils. Yeah, honestly, like, what was his role at this point? Video coach? He's um, the, he's a, I video think he's like also, yeah, video <laughs> coach. Video game coach. Quality control, <laughs> also like the, you know, the good the cop, speaker. I think. I yeah, think he was good he, uh, as well. Like, I mean, maybe it's not bad for him to not be with the video, be a video coach anymore. Because uh, is that the is that like the guy who decides if they're going to challenge things? Because the Flyers are terrible at challenging yeah, yeah, plays. Yeah, God, I hope uh, not. Um, but yeah, that's one thing. And then two, I mean, I don't think his coaching acumen is anything great, considering how bad the Flyers special teams were under him. But uh, he's a likable guy. Um, and I know Matt, you'll probably kill me for saying this, but in the, in the minors, sometimes all you need for a head coach is just for the players to trust him and to want to fight for him and want to get better for him. And I think Lappy is he has probably that in he, he's very good at at getting that from players. Even when he was you know playing himself, he was he was the guy that that players kind of looked for to to set a tone on the ice. So I'm not overjoyed about it i'm not that upset about it i just think it is it is hilarious he's one of those figures sort of like paul holmgren uh maybe like michael raffle one day who will forever be a flyer um in some way or another yeah and i think after a little bit of time i'm not necessarily like as mad as maybe the initial reaction because i think you are right that there's a lot of people that play into how the player developed right like the mo- the majority of it comes down to the player themselves I was more concerned about like just kind of how he sees the game because I don't really know what his like outlook on today's style of hockey is, right? Like I don't know if he's going to be telling like Zade Wisdom that he should be laying down, blocking shots face first, like when that's not what we need out of him, right? Like I just I think that's where my frustration comes from partially is the unknown of what he's going to be as a coach, considering he has no experience and that in the little experience he does has. He, he had had he sucked he was terrible like and that's what i wrote in the very beginning is like i would love to be him right like you have a guy who he was terrible at his job you seemingly kept him around through a whole regi- regime change for god knows what reason i guess because he is a likable person which may play into it uh and then he's getting a promotion for 
for what? He's essentially like the proverbial like coach's son. Like maybe he's Dave Scott's son, and we don't know it. Real quick, did you guys? This is off topic, but did you see that Chinese businessman that bought a Division Two team in China, the soccer team, and he made them mm-hmm. play his son? It is hysterical, Mike. I'll send you the highlights later. It's hilarious. 100, 126 kilo son. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's, he's a wow. big boy. Um, Get him on skates. Yeah, he. Uh, it was very funny though. I, I laughed a good bit. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, like you guys said. I mean, listen, he's very charismatic. Clearly. Um, and that has helped in his career. I think all of us at one point or another has probably worked with somebody like this where you're just like, man, like you can't do anything right, but like they're, a, you know, they're a great person to be around. They're always, you know, high energy. They're, they bring a lot of positivity and, you know, things just kind of bounce their way. And, you know, whether they, you know, should get some breaks or they shouldn't just kind of falls that way. And Lappy, Lappy just might be that guy. He just gets all the breaks and, you know, he put his – Face on the line for this team. That's always going to yeah, play well I, with them. I was going to say, he, yeah. You, he, if, listen, if he, anybody deserves a break, it's the dude. Who he took a puck to the eye, yeah. Two times in the same season. So yeah, he, he's always going to have a place here. Like you said, mate, he's like the Michael Raffle type. I mean, I, I am interested to see, like Matt said, you know, what's what are his thoughts on the game of hockey right now? He's going to have if if he does become the coach, he's going to have a gigantic say in the style the team plays and everything like that. So. I'm really interested to see what his thoughts are there. I do think, you know, the players will enjoy playing for him, though. I, I don't doubt that because everybody, every article I've ever seen about current players that he coaches or mentors from the big club, they never have a a, a one iota of you know negativity to say about Lappy. Everybody loves him, so hopefully that gives them the freedom to play their game and and, and be open and. You know, just just kind of figure it out as as they go, and know they have a coach that trusts them. So, we'll see. Yeah, I wanted to ask actually, you guys any or real quick, Mike. Any thoughts about who else might be it from the organization? Any else who you want to see maybe get a shot? If it's not Lappy, yeah. If it's not Lappy, Briere said he's not. Like and Briere wants to be, to be a GM, coach at this point. So. Yeah. That that's what I I was about to say, Danny Briere, and then I remembered that he's he's got future GM written all over him. Yeah, um, Montreal's going to hire him when they fire uh, Mark Bergeron. Yeah, he's he's never going back to, to Montreal. Uh, I I don't know. Um, Mike Richards? No, I'm kidding. I, I'm trying to think who's like. I don't even know who's in the organization that I can think of that's been there for a little bit that like has done a good job that deserves being promoted. I mean that that's another good point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, and it, yeah, it really comes down to like, like someone like Kimo Timonen hasn't been involved with the organization outside of like a charitable standpoint. Yeah. Um, recently, uh, maybe a guy like Nick Schultz or something like that. Oh, all right. I could He's imagine been the him skills work. coach, right? Yeah, I could imagine him working into, like, like the, the assistant actual, role. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they need to replace that, uh, Kerry Hoffman, so maybe maybe we see yeah. some, some transition from the big club down. Who knows? Maybe they give it to Michelle Terry and let him run with it. I was him. I was about to say actually, uh, maybe Bundy ah. gets a, works his way back into the organization. Okay, That's I mean a he, good he's one. been he's been talking pretty bold about the team on Twitter ever since he got fired, but. Uh, I I always thought that he had coaching candidacy like in his future. No, maybe not head coach, but you know. I, I don't think, think he, I was going to say he'd that. probably make Sorry, a good go assistant. 
I think he'd yeah, be a good assistant. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I was going to say, the only real downside or thing that potentially worries me about this is... That, and I could see Flyers fans who are like on the more like panic side of the spectrum think this. Ian LaPerriere is now potentially one or two steps removed from being the Flyers head coach. Like, I, I, I don't think that that would ever happen um, because it's... I would literally I mean, become a Seattle Kraken fan. There's yeah, no shot. I would put I up mean, with that. It, it would be very bizarre for a team to have a guy be one of their assistant coaches, then demoted to video coach, then promoted to AHL head coach, and then promoted back to NHL. Like, it's very unlikely, but I can definitely see... Um, how fans would be really worried about that. That's pretty much all I have to, all I have on the amount that. of tra- oh, trauma that would cause would be yeah. On a one thing, I, one thing I wanted to add, Matt, you brought it up originally. Like, what type of how does Lappy see the game? He has been pretty outspoken over the past couple of years about how exciting he think the, he thinks the game is now because of like the young talent and stuff like that. So, um, right. yeah, hopefully we don't see Zay Wisdom blocking shots with his face. Fingers crossed. Uh, let, let's not get to that universe of Lappy becoming head coach and Zade yeah. Wisdom just becoming a you know a really yeah. small role player or something. Um, the other bit of news, which I was shocked when they came out, apparently there's some reports out of Canada that Nolan Patrick may want a fresh start. Um, I'm going to read this. This is a blurb from Frank Cervalli, who, by the way, is now a free agent. He left TSN, which... A lot of people are saying that maybe he's going to go to ESPN and become like an insider for them, which makes a ton of sense. But, I mean, he's a, he's a Philly boy, so I do put a little more credence into this because he still has these connections locally. Um, this is from Frank Saravalli. He goes, uh, it's certainly possible. Uh, he's already gotten a fresh start off the ice. Nolan Patrick has hired his third agent in three years, now with Rich Evans of Point West Sports and Entertainment. They're going through the feeling out process to digest the season and everything that happened in his return to the ice, which was a little bit disappointing in terms of production, a little bit. Uh, and I certainly think you could see Patrick on the list of players this summer who ask for a fresh start elsewhere. However, they are not there yet. And to be fair, the Philadelphia Flyers on their end think that Nolan Patrick is still a player that's just scratching the surface. They'd like to see him get a full summer of training under his belt and come to camp healthy for the first time in a while. We'll see how that unfolds, but Patrick is a name to watch this offseason as a restricted free agent. Um, obviously, we talked about Nolan Patrick a ton this year and a bunch last year. Um, do you guys think it's possible he wants out? I mean, I can't think like – the, like Frank just said, I can't think of another team that is more vested in the success of Nolan Patrick than the Philadelphia Flyers. So yeah, it, it would be it would be terrible. We talked about it a number of times. I mean, it's either you package him – with other players, that's the only way in which a trade makes sense is that you package him with other players because of that very last sentence, right? It's like, even though he had a terrible year, we were all frustrated with his lack of production. If he gets a good off, like a good full off season, remains healthy, comes in and plays well, we've seen it all, all too often as Flyers fans trading players before they're ready to kind of burst onto the seams. Like Sean Couturier is an example. Obviously, it's not the same exact trajectory but before this injury, he was averaging about 30, a little over 30 points a game. So, not game, Jesus, 30 points a season. So, I mean, I don't want to put too much into it because it'll just make me mad. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, who's the uh, Mar- Markel Fultz, right? Like, 
Dude forgets how to play basketball. Then he's mad at an entire city that has been nothing but like positive. Positive for him. He plays terrible and then wants a fresh start because he sucked. Like that that kind of and like the thing is that you mentioned Joe is what kind of bargaining power does he have? Like, what is he going to say? Oh, I, I'm not going to come next year. Okay. okay we're going to miss your 9.6. Morgan <laughs> Frost takes your spot. No one cares. Right? Like, we're not going to trade him. Like, I've seen people who I get that are frustrated. They're like, oh, I'll trade him for, like, like, a pick. You're an idiot if you think trading Nolan Patrick for a pick makes any sense. So, that's kind of where I stand. I, I hope to see him on the team next year, potentially. But at the same time, I would not be mad if he was moved in a package for, like, Jack Eichel or something. Mike, go ahead. I mean, I, I, I completely understand why he would want a fresh start. Like, I get that. I get the the concept behind that. Like, you know, I have like for even like for people like us. Like, have we ever been in jobs that are like pretty fine? Like, we're you know we're surrounded. Like, there's good support system in the job. Like, it's not a bad job, but like. Like, things just aren't clicking for you. You feel like you need to change of scenery and stuff like that. Like, we people do that in their real life all the time. Um, and I would think when there's, you know, you know, significantly more money potentially involved and you're still a young kid, like, and this past year and a half has probably been absolutely brutal for him. Like, I could totally get how, you know, wanting a, a complete fresh start, um, you know, to sort of, to sort of shake things up a little bit. I get that. So, I'm, But would I that be, be like, the equivalent of someone who doesn't know how to use Excel going from one job to another and then they still don't know how to use Excel? No, because he, Nolan Patrick knows how to play hockey and he has been a good, like he was, he, he has been training his whole life to be a hockey player basically. Like, it's not that he forgot how to play hockey. His body just well. No, I'm not. Wouldn't. I'm not drawing that comparison with him and Marco Fultz in terms of forgetting. But the the difference in my mind, at least, like wanting a fresh start, is like just because you had a bad year, personally, like he didn't play well. He didn't produce. He didn't even have chances. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, well, if he, you know, if he had, didn't hit a couple of posts, like he would have had a good year. Yeah. Like the year prior, we had a very good team. So, I mean, I don't know if it was, like, a lack of talent around him. I think most of the blame comes down on him. And I think as a fan, it's frustrating to see someone who's, like, not really taking accountability for himself well, but and looking I mean, to, like, bail. That doesn't – I don't see – I don't see it as bailing, though. Like, I again, like, I don't think it's a sign of – a sign of, like, weakness or a sign of giving up to be like, look, it's just not working here, whether it's me – or the organization or a combination of multiple factors like i don't think it's i don't think that's a bad thing for a player to like like want a change of scene or change of scenery or even like consider it like we don't even know if he necessarily wants that but i could see how he would be considering it like any anything should be on the table for him like why should it just be expected that he's coming into the offseason like nope i'm gonna be a flyer for my fucking life like let's get this figured out like no he's he's a he's an rfa he doesn't have much bargaining power but he has a little bit of say in his future right now like maybe you know i i don't i don't fault him or you know not understand why he would want to explore different options 
I see where you're both coming from, and I, I agree with both of your points. Like, listen, I, I'm all about player mobility. Uh, I think, you know, if somebody wants to go somewhere, I can, you know, and they have a valid reason, you know, it's their choice. You know, as a private employee of a private company, if I choose to go somewhere else, take my talents elsewhere, a la LeBron, you know, that's my prerogative. I should be able to do that. Now, when you sign a contract, that's different because you sign a contract and, you know, you have to abide by those terms and everything like that. What I don't understand is I I can't see another organization that will be as positive, as understanding with Nolan Patrick as the Flyers already have been. They gave but maybe him... that's not what he's. Th- this, it, I think everybody's looking at it. I think I think this is how, at, how sports fans view this in generally a lot is like we're so quick to go on the defensive about like oh what like something wrong with us like oh you don't like this like this could just be this could literally be a, a case of it's not you it's me right like if nolan patrick himself oh it's definitely su- him there's no question it's him nine points and in, in- I'm, I'm no 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 not that not in that sense not from a performance standpoint or anything like that if nolan patrick the person is, is just tired of right, philadelphia he's like i can't it, do it anymore I'm tired. No, of not here. even tired of Philadelphia. This is what I'm saying. We're we're so quick to be like, what? Like, what's wrong with Philly? What's wrong yeah, with the team? What haven't the, we done? But the difference, he, though. I, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. If if he if him as a person is just like, look, it's not working here. I'm I'm probably the biggest reason why it's not working here. I don't like. It's just not working. I need to move on. I need to try it somewhere else. Okay. That to me makes sense. I get why someone would want to do that, and I think. Like I said, I think fans are way too quick to be like, take it as a big insult or like, well, the Flyers have given him every chance to succeed. Yeah, maybe they have, but it still isn't working. So maybe that would lead a person to be like, look, I maybe I can try it somewhere else. Like what? He's just going to give but up on the, hockey because it's well, not working here? That's ridiculous. I'm, I don't think any of us are suggesting that. I, I think that the only difference, though, from your, your example is it's, it's not really up to him. Like you can say it's up to him. It's not. Like you have a you have an organization that drafted you number two overall. They're not just about to dump Nolan Patrick to like a team who's rebuilding in a better situation for him maybe because he feels like you know it just hasn't worked here. Like he may feel that he has the right to feel that, but the organization also vested a lot of draft capital time into him, and for us just to be like, oh, we have to be like amendable to like. Because he feels this way is that's just not how sports work. Uh, again, though, I, I get that, and we saw that happen with Jonathan Duran a few years ago, and the and the Lightning pretty much held firm to like, nope, we're gonna make it work here, and then they didn't make it work here after like I, a year. I don't later. think they're at but, that point though with him. Like, and, and that's that's what I'm saying though. That I I think again we're blowing this way out. The point is like the question was, do you think it's possible he wants out, wants a change of scenery? That's what Joe. That's the way it's scripted in the script here. Like. I think, yes, it's possible. I get why that's the case. We don't know if that's the case. Frank Cervelli said they're not at that point either. Mm. But, like, is it possible? Yeah. Does he have any bargaining power in that? Not necessarily. But if Nolan Patrick came to the team and was like, look, I I really think that it would be best for all parties to explore moving on, I think the team would consider it as well. But, again, I like, I, th- I, I just – I think – we're all. I think we're seeing it in different ways, really. No, like, I know I, what I you think mean. That's Mike. just what he, it comes down to. I know. What you, I I understand what you're saying now. It's just you know, it, there are definitely times in everybody's life where we all say, you know what, 
it's just not working out. You can't point to maybe a concrete reason why. You just you got a bad gut feeling. I base a lot of decisions off of you know off of my gut, so I, I understand. Um, I I just usually if you're gonna make that move, though, like you you. I'm just curious as to think as to like where he would go and what the expectations would be because the Flyers would be selling so low on him if they moved. I don't know what you, again you'd have to package him in a mega deal. That's the only way I would do it. But also, like if if I'm him and I go to a new team, I mean, I would want to make sure I got all my ducks in a row and having the strangest offseason he's had last year, missing an entire year, being absolute, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to say anything mean. He was horrible this year, I mean, period. You know, the amount of pressure he would put on himself going to a new, new organization would be immense. Or, or maybe or it would maybe, be nothing. Yeah, maybe it's yeah, nothing. Exactly. Maybe it would be the exact opposite because yeah. it has been so bad here for him in terms but of an on-ice standard. Has it, has it really, though, been? Like, his expectation was to be a 30-point third liner as a second overall pick where every person around him was, like, an exceptional player for the most part. Like, in that sense, like, I can see where the pressure is from that point. But it wasn't – we were playing him as a third, fourth-line player. We weren't asking him – we weren't the asking the world in terms of – the pressure in terms of I haven't been on the ice for a year and a half and now I'm, I'm stepping back on like I, I feel like that's I, I'm sure it's again, a lot it's a ton yeah Listen, I, that, feel, I, that feels like a lot of pressure especially when you're a second overall pick who has not lived up to the billing of that title oh like, if, if well, I, I feel like that's a lot of pressure to come back after a year and a half and then struggle as much as you you did like that just keeps adding to it two things and then we, we can move on to the playoff kind of talk Real quick, um, if if he does get traded somewhere and he, you know, they sign him to a one year deal and he falls flat on his face again, I'm pretty sure he's a bust at that point. Second, uh, Matt, you mentioned, you know, like we've talked about this all season, how you know players' progression is never linear. There's always peaks and valleys, and you know they always go through different things. And you brought up Coots as like, you know, he was 30 point game guy. The biggest difference, and people have been saying this with Oscar Lindblom too, like oh, Oscar had a down year. But we've I've seen in Couturier and Lindblom really high level play. You know, Couturier was he was shutting down Malkin and Crosby in the playoffs his his rookie year. You know, he was absolutely dominating. You know, Lindblom before the cancer diagnosis was absolutely lighting the world on fire. Not a gigantic sample size; it was what thirty games or something, but. You know, he showed a lot of promise. I don't think Patrick ever even got to, to that level. He was just kind of middle. I mean, yeah. I, I would say he has he's he's a good defensive player. He's not like Coots level. He's a he's not out there getting like No, but I'm saying did did, did Patrick pop off your screen for, for like something in particular? Like yeah, wow, he does something was, unbelievable. I mean, the Montreal Worth, goal stands out yeah, to I mean, me. Like, I mean, that's, there was uh, a, there was a stretch there was a stretch when he was on a line, it was like him, Wayne Simmons, and I forget who else. And there was a stretch of probably like a month running into the, the playoffs against the Penguins, I think. So this is, like two and this, years this ago? is the problem. Yeah, we're so far removed yeah. from having seen him at 100%. Yeah. Like he, he and Simmons together, primarily Patrick, were dominant. Like he was out there burning teams on like outlets, on you know, making plays from below the line, on rushes and everything. So, I mean, I really do like. I 
watched a lot of his, you know, highlights going into this season in anticipation of like, what player do we have here? He was, when he hit his stride, he was really, really solid. And it really, it felt like it got derailed after that Penguin series a little bit. Um, Cause that's kind of everything started to go downhill after that point in terms of like the, the headaches. But yeah, I mean, I think we haven't seen enough. I agree, but I think we've definitely seen enough in terms of like, yeah, this guy clearly has skill. Like it's just gotta, it's just gotta materialize. And at the again. end of the day, I mean, some, some players just don't make it. It doesn't matter where you're drafted. Right. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't fit. You just don't fit in the NHL. It's the hardest league in the world to, to, to make in terms of, you know, hockey at least. So, you know, it happens. Hopefully that's not the case with him. I would not want to trade him. I would give him one more year. Um, but if they are going to trade him, 100% do it in a mega deal. I wouldn't want to flip him for like a second round or a third round pick. I just don't really see any value in that. Um, but using him as a sweetener to get like a Ryan Ellis, I'd 100% be in. Um, it's a big risk on his part too if he leaves, man. That's like jumping from you know a Fortune 500 company where you've got you know an okay role and you get paid pretty good money to a startup where you know who the hell knows what's going to happen. So his call at the end of the day, I can understand both points of view. Um, do you want to talk about playoffs real quick, and then we can wrap up? Yeah, just real quick. Touch on a series that we're really keyed in on. So obviously, uh, I watched the the Panthers in Tampa Bay game one. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but. Man, I forgot that style of hockey can still be played where it's just like run and gun and everybody's just scoring left and right. And goaltending was honestly, I thought Bobrovsky played a little bit better than Vasilevsky, which is kind of crazy to say. He did let up a ton of goals, but they were really good shots on a lot of them. Um, game two, they went to, Nick, uh, not Nadelkovich, he's the Carolina goalie. Drieger, is that the yeah. Panthers goalie? They went yeah. to him for game two. I probably, honestly, I would have left Bob for game two. And, and seeing what happens and maybe, you know, if he if he lets in a couple easy ones, then pull him. But I would have left Bob for game two. But that series has been awesome. Game two, not as great. Um, how about you guys? Anything that you're watching? Game one is just way too early to give up on your starting goalie. That's uh, Well, we're seeing a lot of that across the league, though. Like, even, like, after winning the game against Pittsburgh, um, they went with Varlamov instead of Shosturkin. In game two. Oh, Sorokin. Oh, Sorokin, yeah. oh, Sorokin sorry. Um, Get your Okins right, man. Come on. Yeah. Or your Okins. And then who else? I mean, obviously it's down in – because he, they could potentially play Spencer Knight for the Florida, for the Florida Panthers as well. <laughs> yeah, like, they have yeah. him too. Um, and then Nadelkovich, has he – I guess the second game's tonight. I'll be interested to see if they, they go back to Nadelkovich or they go with uh, our boy. Why am I blanking on his name? See, and I think, and I'll, I will actually, I'll touch on this now because I was going to say, surprisingly, the Islanders and Penn series. I've watched quite a bit of that, um, mm. and I mean, game one was nuts in terms of, I mean, goaltending was terrible, except for Sorokin made some like nutty saves in that game, even though he wasn't great overall. Um, but I, I like in terms of the goaltending, Matt, like I think it's just a weird decision to start him in the first place, like. I, I guess they're they're like, you know, he's going to be the goalie of the future anyway. He kind of already is the guy. But Varlamov, they brought him in. Let's in a terrible first goal, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was awful. You're uh, Speaking of first horrible night. first goals, your boy, uh, Craig Anderson, continues to live on, Mike. I, I saw that. I was telling uh, the guy I was training with uh, at the network, I was like, 
this dude is he was not even supposed to sniff the playoffs this year like he he was basically he was gonna retire and then because hank had the heart condition like but yeah i think that that penn's islander series is surprisingly good uh it was getting pretty chippy the other night and uh i think varlamov and varlamov is one of those goalies that when he's good he's good and when he's having an off night it's kind of like you know you can just throw the puck at him and it'll get through and tristan yari i mean he had a good night the other night but uh i, I saw the goals you let up in game one you, you remember like hey take a look i finally sat down oh and watched him. yeah I, yeah he just maybe playoff nerves i don't know yeah i'm not really yeah. sure that was I mean, Farlamov went and did the same thing the next night, but he only let in what two goals two. and Jari <laughs> every single goal. Varlamov Jari also in. played super well in the, in the last playoffs. He They're, crushed us. Yeah, and he and he had a strong you know end of the game for the Islanders yeah. too. So, um, but yeah, that's that's actually an interesting series. That's a good little rivalry that's uh, yeah growing there between those two teams. I yeah, actually I got to. Did, oh, did go you get to see the Colorado game? I was going to ask. I you. did. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So. Because it's on, it was on like CNBC or like NBC Sports mm-hmm. or whatever. I was actually able to watch it for a change, which is nice, super nice. I mean, that first game, fifty shots on goal. Like they had so yeah. many opportunities. It should have been like three, four, nothing to start. And the funny thing was, I was watching it with my roommates, and um, it was one nothing. And where I was like pretty much joking, but not really, because that you know how that that goes in the playoffs, especially last year with Vegas. Is like Vegas dominated; they just couldn't score. That's kind of how that game was playing out, and then St. Louis ties it, and then luckily they, they scored pretty quickly thereafter um, to put themselves back on top, I believe. But, yeah, I mean, they're just so good. They're so deep. They I didn't realize that Eric Johnson has been out pretty much the entire year mm-hmm. with, with concussion issues um, because they played Patrick Nemeth on yeah. D. Yeah, well, you see on the stars. Yeah, I haven't – I mean, I haven't seen much of him to really know, but – I'm assuming they probably don't want him playing the entire playoffs, but I don't know. I think Bo Byram was out for COVID, like the it? first game as well. I thought so. That's part of yeah. He wasn't playing. But, it was Timmons and yeah, Nemeth on yeah. that third pair. Yeah. One one wild thing, Matt. You talked about this is the last thing I'll say about the playoffs. Um, so far, the shot totals have been outrageous across games. I don't know if you've seen like. Vegas we're talking like one was like 40 yeah, something Pitts, pittsburgh and and new york last night were like 35 plus a piece like every game like the bruins and caps have been both teams have been like up near or over 40 shots through the first two games so like yeah i mean just just wild two other things i want to quickly touch on joe funny because i talked to a couple of boston bruins fans and seeing it is like who's that who's that duty so terrible takes all the times it's sweet like Who's the Boston writer? Oh, Haggerty. Haggerty. He was yeah. like saying after game one, and this I feel like this happened. We talk about it every year. It's like it goes after Tuca. They always go after Tuca, and they're like the funniest thing the, in the world. They're like his his leash is pretty uh, pretty short for who's the number one uh, goalie who played us for like the very first game. Swayman. Not the no, Swayman. Yes, yeah, Swayman. Yeah, he was saying how like because of Swayman's play, like his short his leash is a lot shorter than people think. It's like, dude, like. I'm not even. A, I don't even watch Boston Bruins games that often. I know for a fact that is not true. Like the 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 game winning goal against on the first game, if I remember correctly, was yeah it was deflected, yeah. and they were still complaining 
that like he should have stopped it. I'm like, yeah, like go out there, stop a deflection in the slot as a goalie, and then let me know. Come back to me, let me know. But the only other thing I'll touch on is for tonight's games, which is I love to see because I kind of wanted us to draft him. Cole Caulfield, Kasperi Kakaniemi, and Alexander Romanov, I think his last name is, right? Yep. All not starting for game one for the Montreal Canadiens, a team who, if in our division, would not have made the playoffs. Same number of points, I believe. So you're knowing, like, as an organization, you have to know you're not a contender, and you're telling me that you're going to be playing, like, Eric Stahl instead of Kakaniemi. Like, I don't care how bad he's been. Like, that just... Doesn't bode well from my Stanley Cup prediction, does it? I have, Remember, I have the Habs winning. Well, they got the Leafs, though, in the first round. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see how the Leafs play. Leafs are going to um, Leafs, as, man, at some yeah, point. As you guys know, I've been producing the, the Leafs guy pod with Jim Taddy the whole year. And, I mean, they are they're built really well. Um, they do pretty much everything well except for the power play. And uh, that's crazy. They no, so their goaltending's been nuts recently. Really? Like, yeah, Jack Who's Campbell's start? been oh, unbeatable. Campbell. Camp Campbell gets to start in game one. Wow. Yeah. Well, Anderson's still not fully healthy. Okay. So that's okay. part of it. And he's been out for a bit. So um, I'll be watching that tonight. I'll be watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that series. I think, you know, I get that the Leafs are the Leafs until. They prove further notice. Correct. Until further notice, but this is this is the best Leafs team in terms of like they're good across the board. Like at overall this point. Like defense, yeah, yeah, the up and down the lineup, they're solid. So, well, I'm with you guys. I'm interested to see. We, we got some fun hockey ahead. Real quick, just to leave you guys on a positive note, uh, the NHL released the uh, draft lottery odds. The Flyers, one point eight percent chance at the number one pick. So you're saying there's a chance. 